Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. And I am glad we're here because our tech guy, who I know you cannot see because you're listening to this, I left him out of the invite. But he's here now. So thank you. Shout out to TJ behind the scenes making this happen. But with me on the mics, as always, I have Pastor Rick. How you doing? I'm doing great, brother. And I would just point out there are many things at our church we can get done without TJ. The podcast is specifically one we can't do without TJ. Amen to that. (laughs) And then joining us, we do have our other associate pastor, Jared. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good, actually. It's a good day. Really good. That's good to hear. Well, I'm glad you're with us, Jared, because the topic that we are going to dive into is counseling. And Jared, uh, on our pastoral team, does a ton of that for us. And we'll get into that a little later in the episode. So I'm excited to have him joining us so we can talk about this topic of counseling. And I know with that topic comes different questions and different views. And so we just really want to dive into that uh, topic together on this episode. So fellas, we'll get started with just kind of diving into the general question is, why counseling? So, you know, what do we think about it? Why is it important? What thoughts do you guys have with that? Jared, why don't you start off? You've got to have some thoughts. You do, uh, as Austin mentioned, you do a lot of the pastoral counseling for our church. I think you're really, really gifted there, and you're a huge asset to our pastoral team and our congregation, and so tons of affirmation, your direction in that area. Uh, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear from you first. Why counseling? Yeah, it's funny. Even as you say that, we have to define it a little bit. I mean, essentially, we all get counsel every single day, you know, whether it be friends, mentors, pastors, and even as we unpack this, yes, there's professional counselors, which is probably a little bit of where we're going to, but yeah, we all need it. I mean, and even out of the gate, I'll just say it. I mean, every one of us needs help. And I've been to that place where I've had to go to a professional counselor. I mean, stuff in our minds can get twisted and tangled and we just, you know, need help unpacking that. And I, I remember distinctly being in a waiting room of a counselor, just feeling just utter shame, like burying my head in a phone, like please God, let nobody see me here because I felt like a loser and, you know, name your bad adjective. But man, seeing how good it is, I don't know anybody that's went to a good counselor that just said, it's it's good, it's good for everybody. And I think we all need it and all need some help and whether that's professional or a friend. Yeah, because Proverbs does speak about the value of wise counselor and over and over it mentions that. And so that falls into, in some ways, just as you just said, friends, Good friends, spouses for sure, discipleship, like uh, Christians pouring into each other. And so there's all that going on there. Uh, And then the professional side, because sometimes uh, understanding what makes me tick or what makes yourself tick uh, is huge, right? Because it's linked to a lot, sometimes baggage from background and past and things of that nature that, that we need some skilled professionals sometimes to help us unpack that baggage. And even as you say that baggage, I, I mean, I think it'd be helpful if you share it, but even a picture of what it looks like when baggage comes into your life of that picture, just sometimes it's like trauma, that boulder, right? I mean, if you don't mind, I think it'd be helpful to just share that, that picture when baggage comes in your life. Yeah, I, uh, 
I encountered that man, man over 20 years ago, and I can't remember where I first heard it, but the idea that, that our normal development is like a stream. That's our life. It's a stream going on there. But uh, a lot of times what happens is a huge boulder is dropped into the stream, and it interrupts the normal flow, and it diverts and goes in uh, sometimes unhelpful or unhealthy directions, sometimes destructive, sometimes it's subtle, but it's just hurtful. Um, and that can be family of origin type stuff. I, I originally started using it in terms of men's healthy sexual development and the way uh, a poor father figure or various events or maybe being molested or whatever, all those things could be huge boulders just dropped right in the middle of the stream. And in that case, there's no way the stream is going to continue to flow healthfully. I forget, I think it was Dan Allender said it, but essentially when, when a boulder, when a trauma hits our life, you know, oftentimes you don't progress past that until you heal from when that trauma is. You know, you get that get flow, that stream gets interrupted at 12. Man, you can emotionally stay at that 12-year-old state for a long time, just trapped. And yeah, I think that's just huge for so many people. Yeah, and emotionally 12, but you could be a CEO and sharp as attack on the outside and you're an effective, go get it, married, whatever. And yet still there's something back at 12 years old. I remember when my brother died and watching like my uncles for the first time, these men I always looked up to and you could just see they were just unbelievably emotionally unequipped to deal with it. Like they didn't know how to handle it. And, and here they are grown men, tough guys, but man, they are just incapable of handling it. I, one of my favorite pictures of the need for it is, I've always heard it said this way, we don't live with the facts of our past. We live with interpretation of those facts. And so the beautiful thing, and this is counseling, is interpretations can be edited. You know, I mean, you talk about a classic abuse, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody doesn't grow up living with the fact that my dad was an alcoholic and that, you know, he did not handle his junk and he beat me. We live with the interpretation that, oh, you know, my dad didn't love me, I'm unlovable, he hit me because I deserved it. You can see how destructive that would be. That's not true, but we just live with these lies. And to me, that's a picture of what counseling is, like all of those lies that have been implanted in your life from an early age, like going back and understanding, okay, here's the truth of what happened, but I don't have to live with that horrible interpretation that I wasn't good enough or unlovable. And that's a lot of the journey of counseling as I see it. And so it seems like there's sometimes I, I want to be careful when we say things like that because a lot of people will go, well, I was never abused. I was never molested. I was never, I was never. So I don't need counseling. But of course, sometimes it's, man, I'm angry all the time and I try to get over that and I can't and I don't. Why can I not move past that? So there's a degree to which we all need help every once in a while. And it's very normal. It's very common. And going to a counselor doesn't have to be some weird thing for the really bad people. It's for all of us. In some ways, giving permission, because I've talked to people with that, that same hang up. Well, I had a good family, but I'm messed up. Like, right. It was okay. You have permission to all of us. That's sinful, depraved world. Like we all need help. And so even if you didn't have a major trauma, but man, a big part of it is bringing to light. You keep whatever your issue is down. That is just Satan's playground when we keep it in the dark. I mean, you think of a basement. That's where mold, mildew, that's where all that nastiness grows. We all need to bring it to light, whether it's a major trauma or just having some issues. 
Yeah, the thing that's in the dark in that closet has incredible power in our lives. And so to disempower it, to uh, really unplug that, you got to bring it out and, and talk about it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I can attest to that too. I mean, it's, I think even if you don't fully know what's in the dark, it's amazing when you when you just lean into counseling how much you do discover. I mean, I, I know that's my story, just things in my past that I never thought necessarily were affecting me now. It was counseling that brought some of that to light. So, so yeah, to your point, even Jared, at the beginning, I mean, we all need it. Um, you know, I've done it. I know you and I have talked about that before. I mean, we, we are all in that same boat. So that's a good foundation to start with. And, and let's kind of change gears a little bit with this. So we've kind of laid the foundation, what it is, why it's important. Now, some, maybe some people listen to this, uh, they've been at churches or maybe in context where they've heard pastors and other Christians push back against counseling. I know I've been in that uh, context before, and so I've heard that. And so there are some reasons people push back, uh, many times illegitimately, but, but what are some of those reasons we get some pushback from pastors and maybe other Christians about counseling? One of the things that comes to mind for me is the culture wars, that uh, it used to be back in the day that the church held much more of a prominent place in our culture. And so uh, pastors were, um, were, were in some ways the counselor of the day back then. And, and now we, we are less so in that position in our culture. And so I, I could feel a lack of respect from the culture. And, and then all these people are going over these counselors and now I feel threatened. Now I feel competitive. Now I feel like I've got to get it back. And, in, and add to that, it could be an unfamiliar world to me. And so all that can make me as a pastor feel threatened by the world of counseling. So that, that could be one influence. And I think there's times that I've seen this where you know, a lot of, it could just be a secular worldview. And so they're coming from, and so that, I mean, part of the reason I do this is a passion. That's my undergraduate degree is psychology and a lot of it would be evolutionary psychology and it would come from that and so it's just we can overreact and swing the pendulum and just throw out everything that psychology teaches us and I've found for me is and we can often look at okay there's legitimate research what can we learn from that now I can interpret why it's there differently if they're gonna say oh it's because we're monkeys we act this way well, no I, I don't think that at all I think God created us this way but man, there's some things I can learn from that research, but, you know, there's there's worldview differences that I think we're just afraid of as opposed to kind of learning what we can from truth. And, and if we get past then that competitive fear type thing, uh, there's, a, there's a realm there that we can respect and, and even draw upon. So I think some pastors are in that camp of all of that is worldly, all of that, meaning all of that, all of that psychology, psychobabble, counseling world, that's all bullcrap, and it is all demonic, and uh, the Bible is all you need. We just need a few verses and a prayer, and that's anything, a dis that's all a disciple should ever need. And yet the brain is a complex organ. And, and if there's something off in, in emotions and background and all that, like I think uh, uh, both of you have been having car troubles. Jared, you've been having a ton more car troubles lately. Uh, and and if, if your car is hurting, I don't prescribe a Bible verse and a prayer. You go to a mechanic, you know? If somebody in our, in our congregation has cancer, don't come to your pastor. I mean, we'll pray for you, but, but I'm not going to... like. I'm not performing surgery on you. It's just radiation. That's not going to happen. Like you need to go to a doctor. If you've got a horrible diet, 
You need a dietitian. Well, isn't there a verse about uh, treating your body like a temple? Well, yeah, but that stops short of actually saying, hey, quit eating Doritos. Like, you know, and so you might need a good, skilled dietitian. And so while the Bible is completely authoritative on everything it addresses, it doesn't address all things. And so there are some things that are very helpful in the culture. So I, I'm, I like mechanics, and I like doctors, and I like dietitians, and, and I like counselors. Yeah, in some ways, even as you say that, it almost just reminds you of kind of bad theology. Like if you think of, one, not even giving justice, the complexity, the beautiful design is God has made us as creatures. But even that, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Right. When you see these different elements of the complexity of us as creatures, why would we only ever address the one thing? I mean, clearly, even biblically speaking, there are elements to us as as created beings. So I think we address them and we can ignore one side or the other, you know, whether that's only counseling or no counseling. You know, I mean, people can easily, I have this problem and you don't want to deal with, and who knows the reasons? Maybe the emotional baggage is too difficult. So I'll just address it spiritually and just, I'll just pray and hope it goes better. Well, I mean, you have an emotional, mental aspect of that and, and both need addressed. So I think holistic approach is always what I would be encouraging. And part of the illegitimate would be, oh, only address this or only address that. Right, a false dichotomy. And so I, I would never, and I don't think any of us three guys would, want to factor God out of the equation. We'll come to that, I'm sure. But but so God should be in there. The scripture should be in there. Prayer should be in there. But sometimes there is a chemical imbalance. So the brain is an organ, and there can be a chemical imbalance. So Austin, you asked the question: Why are some pastors or some Christians kind of anti-counseling world? I think under that is the idea of being anti-medication, particularly for for mental emotional issues. And one of the things I've always encouraged is to have chemical solutions for chemical problems, but not to use chemical solutions for non-chemical problems. And that is a concern of mine that sometimes uh, counselors, doctors, well, counselors can't prescribe, but doctors are prescribing chemical solutions when it's not a chemical problem. So for example, I had a woman at one point in the congregation who had been on a very strong antidepressant for 15 years prescribed by her gynecologist when she gave birth. Uh, She had perhaps some postpartum uh, depression and prescribed. And so for 15 years, she's been on a very strong antidepressant. And there was no counseling. There was nothing, Jared, you said holistic. There was nothing holistic about it. It was just write a script. Now, that's a legitimate concern when, when we're just writing a script. But, but, but I think some pastors and some Christians swing the pendulum so far the other direction that there's never a legitimate place for medicine, and yet the brain is an organ and there is a chemistry there. Yeah, in some ways it's just inconsistent, right? You know, you clearly use medicine for other things, and so let's be consistent. So if you're saying I'm anti this kind of meds, then you better be anti all meds. You better not be taking a vitamin. You better, you know, sure. in some ways you're already playing your hand that you believe that, and... It's funny you say that with a gynecologist. I know people that their dentist has prescribed. So they're getting antidepressants from their dentist. And so I think, you know, as we're flirting with illegitimate and legitimate, I think we would probably all say there's the fear of over-prescribing. Just so quick that that must be the only thing. And people, you know, that I love close to me, even in my family, one of my fears is that's the hope. You know, 
Our hope is get them on meds. Right. So as we're sitting here, we're saying, man, there you know, very well could be a legitimate place for meds. But one of my fears when meds are the hope, you know, if meds are the answer, get them on meds and we're okay. Okay. Back to the holistic thing. That could be a part of it, but you know, meds aren't our savior, you know? Yeah. And that, and you guys are already kind of flirt with where we want to go next, which I love is so, I mean, what are some more maybe legitimate reasons? So we've kind of listed some illegitimate and even getting into some legitimate. So, so I think us around the table, there are some concerns that you guys already expressed, but what are maybe some more reasons that we would have some legit concerns? It's funny because we talk about, you know, counsel, which, man, you'd be silly to look biblically and say counsel's bad. I mean, all over right. Proverbs, all over. And so we're talking whether it's a professional that does it full time or not is one thing. But, I mean, there's a pretty simple follow-up question of, is counsel good? Well, is it good counsel or bad counsel? And so some of the legitimate concerns, maybe that's part of unpacking is, well, of course, yeah, there's concerns. And the question, is it bad counsel and a bad counselor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and certainly we would want, especially for disciples of Christ, Christians, we, we want them to get biblical counsel. Um, now, sometimes uh, if your brain chemistry off, a prescription is a prescription, whether you're a Christian or not. But uh, as many of these issues that people will go to a counselor for impact and rub up against the spiritual area. And they have, to, and the Bible does speak to them, not wholly, uh, but but there can be connections to be made. And so, by and large, I would encourage Christians to go to Christian counselors. Now, by that, I don't mean a, a secular counselor who happens to go to church on Sunday, <laughs> happens to call themselves a Christian. I mean, a counselor who uh, also accesses the scriptures and prays and delivers it and, and speaks into from a spiritual Christian base. That's, to me, a Christian counselor, not a counselor who happens to be a Christian. And I think as we say that, I'm sure we're stepping on toes, and sure. I'm sure somebody out there listening to this is going to, whether it be a non-Christian... Brother, it wouldn't be one of our podcasts if we didn't step on some toes, <laughs> so please continue. So, I mean, somebody, I just want to speak to that person out there that's listening to this, they're going to a counselor that isn't an explicitly Christian counselor... You know, what are we saying to those folks? You're asking me. There's a reason I got to the question. <laughs> sure, <first>. sure. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Uh, there, I, I don't think there is ever a uh, great result from an abrupt, sharp interruption of care. And so when somebody is going to a counselor, sometimes that counselor is proving helpful. And uh, again, the brain is an organ. And so you, uh, I'm, I'm on a, a statin. I'm 50 years old. I've got uh, genetic high cholesterol. I can't control it with diet and exercise. And so I'm an old man and I take a statin. Now, my doctor didn't prescribe that as a Christian. He's just a doctor. And so you can have some counsel that is good from the secular world. Um, And yet, if somebody is getting into issues that rub up against faith, I would want their counselor speaking from a posture of faith. And so I would encourage them to start to shift and transition, but again, smoothly, not quickly. Uh, I don't want anyone going, well, I heard my pastor on a podcast, so I'm never coming to you again. And and now they just have no care. And uh, that interruption of care would not be good. What would you add to that, brother? Yeah, I mean, some of it... They're so complex, these situations. I mean, most of the time, I'm just really just urging caution, you know, of, okay, I'm not saying they're bad. You may have a wonderful counselor, and they may be giving 
biblical counsel, even if they're not coming that perspective sure. and giving good advice. And so I'm not saying everything, you know, your counselor told you is bad. You know, just as we said, the Bible doesn't cover everything, but also people outside of the Bible can cover truths in it, you know? And so some of that, I just, I just urge just significant caution of where are they coming from? I mean, it'd just be, even if you say coming from a faith perspective, I mean, it's even so much back to that holistic, it's so much broader. I mean, faith means, I mean, our faith, it talks about our relationships all the time. So it's not even just uber spiritual, like a biblical worldview. I, I remember somebody in my office, they had marriage issues, which is obviously probably one of the most common counseling issues is the counselor, the, their spouse was being crazy. And the counselor's advice was, you know what? Be crazy back. If they're not communicating, they're going out. You just start going out at night and not telling them. And I was just like, uh-oh. Whoa, you know, <laughs> like, wah, wah, wah. you know, I mean, that's just, and so that's out there. And so, and I don't, I don't even judge that person. If they don't have a biblical worldview, you know, what is the basis and that's probably one of the legitimate fears. They're driven by what pop psychology says. Hmm. That changes all the time. I mean, think of the different philosophies and different issues that were wrong. And so you'd be silly. You know, that's not a steady foundation. Well, in the example you just gave there about you be crazy back, that seems to go against something Jesus said. <laughs> you know, like, and, and so it, that's a helpful example to say there's a difference between something being unbiblical and abiblical. So something is not addressed by the scriptures. And then there's something that is actually against what is addressed by the scriptures. And uh, so there are some things that are abiblical. So uh, I think the scriptures do speak about listening, but not a lot. And, and yet a counselor could have a lot of input on listening skills. Secular counselor, Christian counselor can have great input on how to listen to people. And that would be wonderful. But once you cross over, and, and this is interesting, uh, you can get bad counsel from Christian counselors as well. Yeah. And I've, I've encountered where Christian counselors have given unbiblical counsel to divorce when it's not a biblically warranted divorce. And so now you have a Christian counselor giving not abiblical, but unbiblical, anti-biblical advice. <laughs> And that's a problem. That's a big problem. It's funny. Again, you take it broadly. Like, oh, as long as he's a Christian dentist, he must be good. Well, no, he could be a bad Christian dentist. <laughs> he's a Christian doctor. So, yeah, just because it's, we're not talking about slapping labels. We're talking about, you know, getting biblical counsel and doing it well. Just because you're a counselor doesn't mean you're good at it. And so I, I guess it's just helpful to, to acknowledge, and as we kick this area around, that can there be good counsel outside the Bible? Absolutely. Almost every medical doctor does that all the time. You can give good counsel outside the Bible. At the same time, when a Christian, when a disciple of Christ who is created by God, destined to be a worshiper of God, who is in relationship with God, is, and when that person is really struggling, I wouldn't want her or him to silence the voice of God during that season. Yeah, it's interesting, even as you say that, like you can have good counsel that's outside the Bible, but you can never have good counsel that's against the Bible. Right. So anytime we're in that realm, I don't care what research, I'm going with God's word more than whatever pop psychology you're quoting. You know? Now, Austin, if you don't mind if I shift us a little bit, because you, you asked us, what are some legitimate concerns about counseling that we might have? And it's interesting, in all our conversation so far, we have assumed that counsel means counsel. <laughs> I mean, so when I say, hey, go get counsel from somebody, I mean, go get advice, go get input from them. 
One of the things that I've noticed in the counseling industry, and, and it's fair to acknowledge that it is an industry, it is a for-profit industry. One of the things that I've seen happen there is a growing trend of counseling, meaning just listening. And so uh, you come into my office as a counselor and I let you talk. And because you talk, people need to, to vent. They often don't have good community, good connections. And so the counselor listens and the person feels better and the counselor bills them. And then they come back the next time and repeat the process. And there's never a speaking into it, never counsel giving. We should rename it. Uh, that is a listener, not a counselor. It's the exact opposite. You know? And so, so I think listening is a very, very important therapeutic tool. And it, it's important for the counselor to listen, to understand before counseling. Absolutely. That's part of it. My concern is when that becomes all of it. And so now my goal is to make the person feel better by listening to them and bill them and bring them back and do it again. Yeah, I've been warned by just another pastor at a church I respect who does, that was kind of his sole job was counseling. And it was whenever I would realize, man, there's some stuff that I need help with processing and went to a counselor. And he just warned me like, hey, don't have it be forever, you know? And some of that is, he was just kind of cautioning that like it is a business. And so if it's just every week for the rest of your life, uh, you know, and some people are in that situation and I'm not, you know, hardcore coming out against you can't continually go like some of that man seek, you know, good biblical counsel, seek some mentors, you know, of how much and all that. I mean, I'm not going to give hard, you know, time frames. Sure. But I think there is legitimate, like you should see progress. If they're giving you godly advice, there should be growth. And so, yeah, as long as it's just a good caution. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the counselor's role to move you toward health such that you don't need counseling anymore. They should be working them out of working themselves out of a job with you, basically, mm -hmm. or they working themselves into a regular appointment with you, which is a regular income flow. Now, again, as you said, Jared, no judgment there because sometimes people need some really long term, and we would not discourage that. If that's what you need, that's what you get. Yeah, if you have some significant trauma, that's going to take a long time and a lot of processing and care. So don't don't feel guilty if you need some significant help. Absolutely. But you should be growing too. And what triggered that is the idea that, it, that counseling should involve counsel and there should be some speaking into and, and it should be challenging. I mean, the, the reality is we're fallen people. We got junk in our lives. And if somebody's going to speak into the depths of my life, my life, it's going to be uncomfortable at times. It's going to be challenging. It should be. And my thought coming off that is then I would encourage people not to shop counselors too much. Sometimes what we've experienced is, uh, even among pastors, that somebody will go to a pastor, not get the counsel they want, uh, so they stop and they go to another pastor, and they go to another pastor, or they'll do it with counselors. And so you're shopping until I find the one person that tells me what I already wanted to believe that I'm okay, the other person's all wrong, it's not my fault, it's their fault, I have nothing to grow in. And I'm just going to keep shopping for pastors or counselors until I find the person to tell me what I want to hear. Hmm. Yeah, and it's, I think that's a, a great point. But then as we sat here and say, man, there are bad counselors, so how would you maybe give some advice to, okay, I don't want to shop around, but I also think I'm with a bad counselor, so... Kind of, is it ever okay to switch counselors, and how would you do that? Any any tips that way? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, 
because the reality is there needs to be, it is a relationship. And, and I think most counseling centers would say, hey, if it's not a good fit out of the gates, that's okay. Uh, and we even say that like with community groups. Sometimes we'll put somebody in a community group and it's a bad fit. We don't want them to quit community groups. We want them to get into another small group community, try another. But if they're just skipping one to another to another, maybe it's not the community group's problem. Maybe you're the problem, right? So uh, it's a, I think it's the same thing with a counselor. There can be a bad fit. There can be a bad relationship. But I would want that to be based on we didn't click, I didn't feel heard, I wasn't getting good advice, as opposed to they told me something hard that challenged me. I think this is a bad fit. I'm looking for somebody else. Hmm. That's one thing that came to mind for me. What about you? And I would clarify hard and wrong. You know, like, okay, this was hard to hear. I didn't want to hear it. Okay, that's not reasonably, but you know, I think this is wrong. Like, they just told me uh, they were unfaithful to me, so be unfaithful to them. Okay, if it's unbiblical, you know, if they're clearly just giving you advice that's unbiblical. I, some of what I, I would probably add, too, is I, I'd give it a little bit of time, you know. Sure, good. So... It's like anything. So you mentioned community groups. I think that's a great comparison. Like, oh, I went once and we weren't all best friends. <laughs> yeah, you just met them. You know, so in some ways I'd say, I mean, we're definitely in kind of art, not science. I can't say go four times. Right. I don't know. But go more than once, you know, and feel it out and just see, okay, is it maybe it was just awkward because you just met them? Or maybe the first session was I had to share all of my baggage. That's not fun. And I don't care how charismatic your counselor is, you know. Right. Uh, so one other thing that came to mind for me is still under that umbrella question of yours is what would be some concerns that we would have about counseling? And one would be that when it is viewed as a magic bullet, a silver bullet type thing, and it's just this magic solution for everything. Uh, and the reality is we are complex whole people, right? And so sometimes when I'm struggling in life, I, I might need perseverance. I, I might need relationships and community, or I need, might need to share more. I might need prayer, confession, mentoring, counseling. It could be a diet issue. It could be exercise. It could be sleep habits. Maybe I need coping skills, maybe medication when appropriate, chemical solutions for chemical problems. But, but all that, I mean, that's a very complex human being right there. And sometimes uh, I think what some folks might unfortunately do is ignore the complexity of all that. Man, I didn't even mention the spiritual area. Shame on me as a pastor, right? So, so there's all that. And so somebody's got an issue, and they're going to go to a counselor. They're going to get listened to. They'll get prescribed some meds. But maybe they still have bad sleep, bad diet, no exercise, no connections. The spiritual area is unaddressed but I'm on the road to health. I'm like, eh, no, you're, you're a complex person and there needs to be a complex solution to complex people. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's, it's funny as my brain, I just always think of bookends and balance. And so, mm -hmm. so I'm complex. Let's acknowledge all the different areas and you have to deal with all of them. But some of the legitimate concerns that I have was when we overly separate them as well. well I do the spiritual things at church and I do you right. know the emotional things with the counselor. So some things I'd say... And so Larry Crabb, you know, probably one of the godfathers of Christian counseling. I mean, he, I don't know exactly where he's at, so I don't want to overly quote him, but he's kind of floated that out there. Essentially, we shouldn't need counselors because good biblical counsel from your Christian community should be enough. Now we're acknowledging right now trained counselors that have some background and skills in this definitely bring value. Absolutely. But 
point I'm bringing is, man, if you don't incorporate some of that healing with your Christian community, you know, okay, I just shared that with my counselor. Well, man, you should be bringing your community alongside that healing journey and not overly separating it. And so, yeah, I just encourage people, man, you shouldn't just share with a counselor, share with your community, share with people inside the church and don't overly separate, you know, all those issues. And that community piece is huge in the complexity of who we are as people. And that was, I remember reading Crab's book, I think it was 20 years ago, called Connecting. And as the guru, he came out and said, what people really need is not counseling, they need community. They need connections in a social circle. And when people have those, their mental, emotional health goes up. And when they don't have those, it goes down. And so sometimes what, what will happen is somebody doesn't have those, so they're unhealthy, so they go to a counselor who becomes their listener, and now we've checked the box there. Instead of actually working on getting them in a web of connection, especially if they're a believer, getting a Bible study, getting fellowship, getting more relationships. And the, the difficulty, of course, as you pointed out earlier, Jared, well, I went the first night and we weren't best friends. Well, yeah, those are crockpot solutions. They're not microwave solutions. They take time to stew and it takes time to develop, but that's the path to health. And if I'm sending somebody just to a counselor as if a silver bullet, but not addressing those things, that's not a full picture of health. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, some of, as we're talking here, I'm just reminded of some of the facade and what at least some maybe counselors or secular counselors want to push Christians to is they just think everything's spiritual. And it just reminds me, you know, because there is that, okay, you look at Jesus's ministry, okay, there's demonic possession. And some people just look and say, oh no, that's, that's just a mental illness. And, you know, Jesus was just archaic or didn't understand. Like, no, if the Bible said that was demonic, I'm going to say that's demonic. But everyone in the situations, he doesn't say it's demonic. Like, right. so you just see kind of this complex world. So and Christians, we can do that. Every issue is a spiritual issue. Boom, your only need is prayer. But the Bible also, so I mean, yeah, there are spiritual issues, but it doesn't say only that. I mean, so some of the healings he'd done, they're clearly just physical issues or something like that. And so, yeah, don't be pushed into that when the Bible doesn't push us into that, that it's always this way or that. Guys, and this has been, man, a really good kind of discussion about counseling. But one of the things we want to be careful with, obviously, with our listeners, we want to give them some practicals. Like, what do we do with all of this? And, and I think people listening, that might be kind of the next question in their mind is, all right, I've heard all this about counseling. I've heard some of the concerns, both illegitimate and legitimate concerns, but what, how do we go about it? So I've heard this. I think I need counseling. I think I need help. Maybe I don't know which way to go. So how do we go about taking all this and putting it into some practical steps and things that we can do? Well, I'm assuming most of our audience, uh, they are believers in Christ. And so I would encourage them to start with their pastor. Now, some pastors do ongoing counseling and some don't. And we'll get to our process here in a bit, I think. But either way, even if you're headed for a counselor, it's likely that your pastor knows the Christian counselors in the area that are skilled. Because not all are created equal, right? Uh, so some are better than others. And Jared, you mentioned that earlier, right? So I would say, man, look for a good Christian counselor. And we, we have some that we recommend. And we'll drop that in the show notes as well. Okay, so. Good. Yeah, we, and it's on our website as well. We'll make it on the show notes. But we have a recommended counselor list for different categories, different issues. 
and not all of uh, counselors are equal. So, so to find a really good one, and I, I would encourage if you're in the area, you might use our list. But what if you're out of the area? Start with your pastor. Some way that to get get good counsel, you know. And so right. some of that it's just a matter of finding it. And I almost think of like progressive. You have an issue, talk to talk to a Christian friend you trust. Get their insight. Maybe that fixes or not. Maybe they can. Maybe, man, you find a, a more mature Christian to speak into it. And, man, maybe that helps. And it's just you need to break up with that person. They're not a believer, you know. And, and okay, if that's not solving it, man, you, you go to your pastor and, and you know, they're going to maybe ask and help you understand, okay, that is meant. Okay, then go to a psychologist. And they're going to pastor, hopefully, to help you deal with it spiritually and mentally. And, okay, maybe then if that's not doing it, maybe it is chemical. Now you're going, you just kind of keep going up the scale until, man, you find out, you know, get your needs met in a good biblical way. Right. And as you say, a good biblical way um, made me think about the verses that I put together on anxiety and depression. So that's, uh, Jared, earlier you said a very common one is marriage. And then anxiety and depression would be another very common impetus towards counseling. Again, uh, that is a legitimate thing that sometimes you need a counselor to speak into, coping skills, sometimes meds, whatever. But don't silence the voice of God, and the scriptures have a lot to say there. And my daughter, many know her story and what she went through uh, throughout high school with epilepsy, and then it was mixed in with anxiety and depression, and meds weren't good, and she became suicidal. It was a very difficult journey for us. And as my daughter wrestled through that, uh, I, we had her in all kinds of resources uh, that, and options that we were looking into. But at the same time, I didn't want the voice of God silent, so I put together these verses. And uh, those are on our website as well, I'm guessing we'll you'll say. We'll put it in the show notes there as well. There it is. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. So, uh, and that's another resource. Uh, and again, whether that issue or otherwise, but uh, as Jared, as you were saying, look, go to a friend, go to a mentor, whatever. Go to the scriptures. And, and let God speak into that, as well as, when appropriate, go to a counselor. And even as you say that, it's like, man, let's let God be primary. Because you, you can listen to this and say, oh, okay, so my church is pro-counseling. I get issues, go to a counselor. Like, well, time out. We're saying let that possibly be included. But don't skip this step. Man, if you got baggage, don't run straight to a counselor. Make sure, Do business with God first. Come to God's word first. You know, and if part of that you realize, okay, I'm, I'm walking in God's truth, I'm dealing with the spiritual aspect, okay, maybe there's a mental, emotional side of it too. And so, yeah, I don't want to just think, okay, we're pro-counseling. Counseling's always the answer. No, God's the answer. Counseling might be a part of it. Which by latching on to that, that can protect not only the counselor and the counselee in the sense that it, when the counselee sometimes looks at the counselor as a savior. And to realize my counselor is not my savior. My savior is my savior. God's my savior. And he is going to minister into my life through the body of Christ, through his scriptures, through my times in prayer with him. Uh, There could be all kinds of mentors and all that. Oh, oh, and a counselor. And so these are all tools in God's toolbox. He's my God. He's my Lord. He's my savior. He's ministering to me through many, many different means. Hmm. 
Now, we, uh, when somebody in our congregation has a need, uh, we have a process. And uh, Jared, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you do most of our pastoral counseling. Again, you're very gifted at it. I've been impressed over the years and so grateful for your skills. So when somebody in our congregation is in need, uh, they let's say they call the front office and they say, hey, I need to meet with a pastor. Talk us through that. Like, how's that go for our, our church? Mm-hmm. So they call and I just say, Austin! No, I don't do that. <laughs> and then I send them back to Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it'll bubble up different channels. Like you said, you know, somebody knows the situation. You know, let's just say it comes via email. You know, it'd be a, eventually the touch point would get to me. And, and from there, I'm going to get a little bit of a gist of what's going on. Because to the point, you know, it, it might not be counseling with a pastor. And so at least from there, I'm going to assess, okay, is this pastor pastoral counseling or do you just need a mentor or do you just need to get some sleep or, you know. So, and it's not like a hard filter, like you better pass the test or I'm not sitting down with you. It's not like that at all. But you're going to come to me. I'm going to kind of assess a little bit. And then from there, something I've really appreciated, we developed a form online, which... We'll be in the show now. Boom, baby. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, and it, you can get it, it. It'll be in the show notes. Or, man, if you're just emailing me, I'll, I'll send it to you. And you fill out a form, and some of that has been really helpful because I can get more of a gist of what's going on, and it gets into some of that holistic stuff. Like, where are you at? And I see, okay, you have this issue. You're not walking with God. You're not sleeping. You're not connected to the church. Well, that's going to change a little bit of kind of me and some of my recommendations, you know. So filling out that form is hugely helpful just to get, you know, a better gist of what's going on. And a lot of that sitting down, you know, a lot of times it'd be sitting down with me, whether that's, you know, marriage. Now, let me say this. It would, I would always encourage, if you're listening to this, it's marriage, that that's you and your spouse. I mean, that is okay. always recommended. I can't, you know, you can't work on your marriage with half the marriage present. You can easily gossip about and slander your spouse with the other half present, but wonderfully so. Yeah, it's so easy to do that, and so for a host of reasons, if if you're in that marriage bucket, I would encourage you to have your spouse there. Sometimes they're not willing. In that case, I'm not saying, well, fine, I'm not meet with you. I think still come in, but man, try to go marriage first. But and I, I even said in in those cases, like we won't be talking yeah. about your marriage. I won't be helping your marriage. To help your marriage, I need your marriage in the room. Uh, which inquire, requires both both of you. But if just one spouse one spouse won't come, the other spouse comes. Now what I can do is help you cope with a bad marriage. I can help you grow in discipleship. I can help you deal with difficult life situations. But what I can't do is help you grow your marriage. I need both at the table. And the other thing about it is it it helps. We just to be honest. We'll put cards on the table. It takes care of a lot of he said she said stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy for me to make Shannon seem like the bad guy in the marriage, the bad girl in the marriage, until Shannon's in the room. <laughs> you know? And now, and now, yeah, exactly. It's a bad picture. Wait, she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. Then it, it, it pinged for me that bad counseling, though, right? How much of counseling is just some people come in and you whining about somebody else? That's not healthy counseling. But how often that, that that's what the picture is? So a little bit of a maybe a lot of bit bigger aside. But generally sitting down with me, and, and I just love that with well, a picture I've embraced generally is triage. You know, so I, I am a pastor, and that's kind of that primor- primary role of shepherd, but a huge part of whether it be my passions and gift set and kind of job descriptions, I do a lot of counseling, but I'm not going to do 
rarely am I going to do somebody's all their counseling all the way through. So, you know, meeting with somebody maybe once, twice or something along that lines, but I'm really going to do kind of ongoing. And some of that's just, you know, you do the numbers of our church. I'm not assuming everybody listens to our church, but the, the numbers don't add up. I can't sure. meet with every single person in the church ongoing, just bandwidth wise and training wise. You know, I mean, I, it's my undergrad. I have passions there, but I'm also, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not, you know, anything as far as in regards to that. So a lot of times sit down with me with kind of more of triage counseling and some people just need once or twice, but if it's ongoing, then I'm referring to the list, which is in the show notes. Amen. Yeah. And Jared, I love that too. I mean, I know as one of our pastors, it's, uh, it's not an area. I have a ton of experience and you're definitely gifted at it. So, so thanks for all the work you do, brother. Um, and making this happen for our church. And hopefully if you are, if you're here, uh, at our church, this gives you a little bit of background. Um, and again, there's a lot of stuff in the show notes, please take advantage, uh, of that. But this has been a great conversation guys on this topic of counseling, a very important one. If you're listening, I hope this helped you a little bit, and we hope you will come back for another episode next month. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.